Welcome to One Cause Church. We hope you enjoy this inspirational message. Well, it's good to be home. I call this home for about 10 years. Love this city, love this church. Hated to leave it, but my son threw me out. He said there's only room for one head, Dad. He didn't really do that. He didn't really do that. He would have let me stay as long as I wanted to. But I had other things I had to go do. I love coming back here and seeing all of you. <clears throat> Some of you are looking at me like, like uh, I'm strange because I don't sound like myself. That's because I've not been myself for about a year. I've been fighting a disease. I don't know what it is. I've had two or three opinions from these so-called experts. Spurt is a drip under pressure. Next is a has-been. Experts are telling me what they know. They don't seem to know anything. But they're guessing good. They're trying. And I'm not on any medications right now. I decided to go another way. I'm using the Word of God. And I've hit bottom and I'm coming back. I'm on my, on my incline right now. I'm telling you I am. Amen. Somebody say amen. But I'm walking by faith. I'm not here today because I feel well. I almost never feel good. What does feelings have to do with anything? I taught most of you to walk by faith. And not by what you see, not by what you know, not by what you feel. You walk by faith. And God will do the rest. Amen. Watch me come out of this. You watch. I'm coming out of this. And in the meantime, I'm not going to stop preaching. Even though the devil has attacked my voice, my speech, my walk, my hand, he has really come after me. I told him the other, the, other, the other day, you did your best, but your best isn't good enough. You're a loser. You were a loser before you attacked me. You're going to be a loser when I win. Because I already won in Jesus. Amen. Come on, somebody say amen. I want to talk to you about a subject that we almost never talked about. When I was a kid growing up, they talked about this all the time. scared me senseless. Scared me senseless as a kid that I was going to miss it, this great event. Because I talked about it all the time. Now you hardly ever hear anybody say anything about the rapture of the church. But today, you're going to hear about the rapture of the church. It doesn't matter who doesn't preach it, it's still going to happen. Doesn't matter who doesn't preach it, it's still going to happen. It's going to happen for those who don't even believe in it. I'm not saying that you get to go, but it's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. Because the Bible says it's going to happen. If the Bible says it's going to happen, mark it down, it's going to happen. First Thessalonians chapter 4, let's turn there. First Thessalonians chapter 4. I'd like to read the whole chapter to you because it's astonishing. 
in this chapter, he, he describes what the normal Christian life is like. Living a good life, doing your own business, living without fornication in your life, being good to one another, being honest. What do you call that? What do you call that? The normal Christian life. Yeah. Just living your life. Amen. Being a good person. Doing right by your neighbor. Loving and honoring God in everything you do. Yeah. That's what Amen. First Thessalonians first half of that chapter talks about. Then he starts in verse 13 or 14, I think it is. Can you put up First Thessalonians 4, uh, 14, 13? I know you put it the one that I told you, but I want to read a little bit before that. Can you? No, you can't. What's the matter? <laughs> 13, 15, 14, 13, there you go. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren. Most of the church is ignorant of this. Concerning them which are asleep, that, the, that you sorrow not, even as others which, there, which have no hope. Read it, read it for me, uh, Heather. Verse 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again. How many of you believe that? Yes. I believe that. Even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. You hear what's coming? We're living the normal, normal Christian life, and all of a sudden, boom! Where's all the Antichrist stuff? Where's all the tribulation stuff? It's not here. You know why? Because it comes after this. It's not come before this. comes after this. Or Paul would have put it in here, right here. He says you're going to be living the normal Christian life. And then, boom, you're going to hear the trumpet and be called off the earth. That's what the Bible says. I have arguments a lot about theology because I, I run a Bible college. And I have instructors there that, that are under my authority who like to argue with me. And I always tell them, poor souls. <laughs> Brought a knife to a gunfight. <laughs> Brought a water pistol to a dynamite factory. Thought they were going to do something. Because the Bible is full of this idea. A lot of people these days don't, don't preach the rapture because they don't believe it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. I can tell you, I can tell you when. I can tell you the moment when it's going to happen. Anybody want to know? Want to know? You don't believe I can tell you, do you? That's why you're not raising your hand. I think he's bluffing, Mike Mildred. He don't know. Be, be relax, he don't know. I know exact, exactly when. Does anybody want me to tell you when? Got five people that want to know. <laughs> Let's bow our heads and pray and be dismissed. <laughs> now, 
don't know exactly when the rapture is going to happen because it is a doctrinal fact, a doctrinal fact of the New Testament. It's also called the catching away or the departure. It is foundational. The reason more people don't, you know, uh, you hear a lot about Christians who don't walk with God. They love God. They are saved, maybe. But a lot of Christians live loose lives. Have you noticed? I don't mean to be talking right to you. I'm just asking the question. <laughs> Have you noticed how loose a lot of Christians live these, these days? Have you noticed? I think it's probably, probably this problem right here. They've lost, they've lost the sense of his eminence. They think it's never going to happen. So they can live anywhere they want to. Repent on the deathbed and everything's going to be okay. I'm telling you, he could come in the rapture any moment. Any moment. All the things you read about in the book of Revelation they say have to happen, they could all line up, line up in about two weeks. Happen real fast, especially with the departure of the church. If the church flies away, and it will. It will. It will because Jesus did. Turn to, turn to that, that 1 Corinthians 15 verse I gave you. 1 Corinthians 15. Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some of you, some of them among you, there is no resurrection of the, of the dead. Listen to this. Next verse. But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. They were going around saying, no, you're not going to rise from the, the, the dead. It's not going to happen to the church. It's not going to happen to the church. That's what they were saying. You know that? Church doesn't get to rise from the dead just because Jesus did. That's what they were. They, that's what the preachers were preaching back then. Paul comes in, and writes this letter, and says, "If it didn't happen to him, we could say it's not going to happen to us." But he didn't. He didn't. He didn't do it that way. He says, "If it's not going to happen to us, then it didn't happen to him." He turns the logic on its head. You see. He says, if you don't believe it's going to happen to you, what you really don't believe is it didn't happen to him. Those who say we're not going to rise might as well say they don't believe Jesus ascended. How many of you believe he ascended? You can only say that you believe he ascended if you believe you're going to ascend. You say you're not going to ascend, have a rapture, you cannot say you believe Jesus ascended. Because he did all that he did so we could have that, that, same, that same experience. Yeah. He did not come to experience it for himself. Everything he experienced, he experienced not as a God, but as a man. So a man could have that experience. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. He did all he did so we could have that experience with him. He ascended after he rose from the dead. He ascended. You're going to ascend too. If you don't believe you're, you're going to ascend, you can't believe he ascended. If you don't believe you're going to rise from the, from the, the dead, you can't say you believe he rose from the, the dead. But he did. 
He did. I talked to him today. He's alive. The reason more people stumble and, uh, at this is because they don't hear enough of it. Uh-huh. Amen. I'm compelled to preach this message to you today. Yeah. This is the first book Paul wrote, maybe. I, I really believe he probably wrote Galatians first. But he wrote Galatians and the first Thessalonians, Thessalonians first. They wrote them the same year about the same time. Authorities disagree on which was first. Some say this one, some say Galatians. But either way, he puts this in this, this early letter. This was one of the first letters ever written, first books ever written in the New Testament. It was written before Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. It was written before 1st and 2nd Timothy. It was written before Titus. You get the message? He put this message up front because he didn't want us losing out at the end. Because it matters how you start a race. It matters how you start a race. Anybody here ever done any running in track? Let me see your hands. Anybody running track? Let me see your hands. Everybody running track. Did the start matter? Yeah, it started. It mattered. In 2002, we had a chance at a triple crown winner in the Kentucky Derby, the Preakness, and the Belmont. It hadn't been one since 1978 at that point. We've had one since. Had a couple since, I think. 2002 brought us a horse named War Emblem. War Emblem. I don't know if you remember this horse. He was amazing. Fast as lightning. He won the Kentucky Derby easily. Won the Preakness easily. He was a speedster. Everybody thought this is it. Finally, another triple, triple crown winner. He didn't win the triple crown. He came in almost dead last in the Belmont. You know why? Because right out of the gates, he stumbled and his nose hit the dirt. Poor little pony came up with his nose full of dirt and all he could see was hooves and dirt coming at him off their hooves. He had never been in that situation and he never recovered. Never recovered. You hear me? He stumbled at the start. Don't stumble over this rapture thing. Because it makes a difference how you finish. I said it makes a difference how you finish. All right, you hear me? Get an expectation. I'm just trying to raise your expectation today. Believe that Jesus could come any moment. I believe this with all my heart. He could come any moment. Amen. There have been many instances. My theologians sometimes like to argue with me about this pre-tribulation rapture theory I have. I say it's not a theory. It's a theory to you, but it's the truth to me. You can call it a theory if you want to. I say it's the truth. Say, how can you be so sure? I said it's, been, it's happened all through the, through the Bible. First, first rapture was with a guy named Enoch. A guy named Enoch was raptured, was caught away. 
Genesis 5, 22. Let's look at that. And Enoch walked with God. Read it, Heather Joe. If you want to stay in the will. <laughs> and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. More. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For God before, just took him. For, for before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. He pleased God because he walked by faith. This is how you get ready for the rapture. You walk by faith. It's not an escapist theology. That's what I've been blamed for preaching. It's an escapist theology. No, it's not. You're stupid. You're an idiot if you think that. God wants you with Him. God wants you with Him. Paul said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. He said, but while we're in the body, we are absent from the Lord. Which means you cannot be with the Lord in heaven and be in the body at the same time. It's not going to happen. You have to choose one or the other. God wants you with him. I was uh, thinking about how did, how did Enoch know that he could walk with God? I can see, I did a little study one time and I found out that Enoch and Adam were alive on the earth at the same time. Enoch the seventh from Adam. The seventh from Adam. Was alive at the same time Adam was. Adam lived to be 930 years old. He was old. He's almost as old as you, your grandma, wasn't he? He was old. 930 years old. Enoch came along before Adam died. He was a little boy. Think about this. Enoch's walking down the road one day. Comes up on a mailbox, says, Adam. Not Adam Jones, not Adam Smith, not Adam Williams. He don't need no last name. Everybody knows Adam. The guy that got us all in trouble. <laughs> Adam. Enoch loves his papa, 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 whatever seven generations of papas are. He loved his papa. So I see, I see little Enoch going up to Papa Adam's house. Walks up there, knocks on the door. Adam comes to the door. Hi, Enoch. Good to see you, boy. Come on in here. Like what I used to do with Diddlin. Diddlin was an amazing kid. He said it's kind of amazing. Hi, boy. How you doing? I can see Enoch going in there and sitting on Papa's lap by the fire, looking up in his Papa's face and saying, Papa, tell me about the olden days. I used to say that's my grandpa. My grandpa was born, born before... Cars were common in the United States, 1897, 1898. Of what? Well, I was king of the whole world, son. Papa, you were king of the whole world? Wait a minute, wait a minute. 
Yeah, this is a story like the talking snake story. <laughs> the talking snake was real too, son. That's why we're here, not in that garden God made for us. God made that garden for you? Yeah, it was my palace. It's where I ruled the world from. I run the whole world from a place called Eden. Me and your ma here. See the papa, what else? What was your day like? He said, well, I worked hard because work was not a curse. <laughs> working and nothing working out right is what's a curse. He said, I worked hard. At the end of the day, the cool of the, the day, God would come walking in the garden and come talk to me. He and I go walking and talking. Enoch said, oh, oh, Papa, I want to walk with God. You walk with God. You see, Enoch's daddy hadn't walked with God. His grandfather didn't. His great-grandfather didn't. His great-great-grandfather didn't. But Adam did. The Bible says Enoch walked with God. Where did he get the idea he could walk with God if not from Adam? Had to have asked it, Papa Adam. You walked with God? Yeah, son, I walked with God. Oh, Papa, I want to walk with God so badly. I want to, walk, I want to know God. I want to walk with Him. I want to love Him. Ah, uh, son, don't, don't, get your, don't get your hopes up. They say there's miracles, but I never saw one. Don't act like you believe all that stuff in the Bible. Don't you know miracles have ceased? Yeah, you lying hypocrite. It's like every old backslider. Pardon me. You use that word anymore, backslider. I can? Okay. What are you going to do? Not, to, not invite me back? Who cares? This, this congregation will rise up and call me blessed. Adam, I mean, Enoch, come back here, son. Don't go run off half-cocked like that. You, you're going to get yourself in trouble. Papa, I'm going to walk with God. If you walk with God, I can walk with God. Yeah. I believe he ran out of the house. Went home and went to bed. And the next day he got up and he walked. I believe he was never more aware of his footsteps than that day. Walked, took a step, talked another step, took another step. I, through this last year, have had to become really conscious of my own footsteps. Made me aware that I'm walking by faith. I see Enoch walking by faith, thinking about every step he takes. Is this the day God shows up? Doesn't matter if he shows or not. I'm going to walk with God by faith. He walked a whole year, I think, and God wasn't there. A whole decade, and God wasn't there. A whole ten years, and God wasn't there. And a hundred years, and God wasn't there. But then one day, he got out of bed and went, and he heard right behind him. Looked over there, and there was God. God had showed up. He wasn't sure when it happened. He just knew that one day he showed up because he walked by faith. He walked with God without seeing Him. Those who walk by faith walk without any sensual knowledge. 
no sense knowledge at all. He walked by faith. And God walked with him. I think they went walking that day, walking up into the hills, the foothills of the mountains, up into the mountains and up into the high mountains of Mount Hermon, big tall mountain. I think he looked around and he's walking in the, through the troposphere. And then then they, through the stratosphere where the jets fly, the ozone layer, the ionosphere, the, the mesosphere, the thermosphere, the exosphere. I know them all. <laughs> all the spheres. Then he got so far up, and, uh, uh, almost to outer space, and looked around. God said, Enoch, we're actually closer to my place from here than we are back to your house. Why don't you just come go with me? The Bible says, and Enoch was not, for God took him. He walked by faith until God took him. Another example is Elijah. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm just going to tell you the story. Elijah had picked a guy named Elisha to, fo to follow in his, in his footsteps. He said, if you're with me, if you're with me when I'm taken up, you'll have the, you'll have the anointing you asked for. Verse 13 of 2 Kings chapter 2 and verse 13 says, He took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. What had happened was the chariot of God, the chariots of fire came down and snatched up Elijah and took him away. And Elisha saw it and apparently started preaching it. Let me read from, from 2 Kings chapter 2. Heather, I want you to read starting with verse 23. 2 Kings 2.23 And he went up from thence unto Bethel, and as he was going up by the way, there came forth little children out of the city and mocked him and said unto him... Mocked him? Listen, listen, what they said, listen close to what they said when they were mocking him. Go up, thou bald head. Go up, thou bald head. Now listen to me. Don't make anything of that bald head. Because a lot of men back then were bald-headed. Any bald-headed men in the room today? I see a couple of you. You're all I can see. The shiny, shiny light shines off your head. I see you. Everybody else you can't hardly see. That wasn't what they, were, what they were mocking him about. Look what it said on both ends of bald head. Go up. Go up. Thou bald head, go up. What are they saying to him? He had been talking about Elijah growing up. Their parents had heard him preach. Their parents did not believe a man could fly. They mocked the prophet in front of the kids. The kids went out there and made fun of the, fun of the prophet, mocking him. Look what it says happened to the kids. Verse 24, read that. And he turned back and looked on them and, caused, and cursed them in the name of the Lord. Cursed them in the name of the Lord. Now, I've been in Texas a long time, and I've been cursed. <laughs> I've never had anybody curse me in the, in the name of the, of the Lord. One guy thought he was, but he, he, he died. <laughs> you can't curse somebody who's blessed. 
And there came forth two she-bears out of the wood, and tear forty and two children of them. Yikes! Forty-two kids were torn up by two bears because Elisha cursed them. What was their crime? Mocking the rapture of Elijah. Mocking the rapture and rapture teaching by Elisha. A horrific price these people paid for mocking this preaching of the rapture catching away of Elijah. Look at this one. Who else was raptured? I already talked to you about Jesus. Jesus was raptured, taken up off the earth. Why do so many people, people question the rapture of the church? When it says clearly in the 1 Corinthians 15, if it didn't happen to him, if, it did, if it's not going to happen to us, then it didn't happen to him. That goes through everything. That goes through signs, wonders, and miracles, which we believe in. You have relatives who, who don't. Anybody here have relatives who don't believe in miracles, signs, and wonders? Let me see your hand. They may, they may even love God, but they don't believe in this stuff. You hear me? What they really don't believe is that it ever happened to Jesus. Because if they don't believe it's going to happen to us, then it didn't happen to Jesus. That's the argument Paul makes in 1 Corinthians 15. If you're saying it's not going to happen to us, you say you don't believe in miracles, and what you're really saying, your heart doesn't believe that Jesus ever worked miracles. That's what you're really saying. Amen. Got quiet in this Pentecostal church. Let's move along. You see, why? Why does Jesus do this? Why raptures? If it's not escapist, what is it? He wants you with him. Because right now we are separated from him in a certain degree. We have his spirit. But we're not yet with our bridegroom. I uh, heard the story about a woman who invited a bunch of folks from church over to her house, cooked for them. All sitting around the table, she's real nervous. She's trying to impress everybody, you know, with her spiritual depth and her cooking skills at the same time. Women have it hard. This woman, she got ready to sit down and have her meal with the, the ladies from the church. And she asked her little six-year-old daughter, she said, Honey, would you pray over the food? She said, Mama, I wouldn't know what to say. I'm, I'm scared. She said, Just say whatever you hear, you've heard Mama say to the, to the Lord. The little girl bowed her head and said, God, why on earth did I invite all these people over here for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> you see, Jesus wants you with him. He does want you. Not, the Father asked, said to him one time in Psalm 2, Ask of me and I will give you the heathen for your inheritance. Acts chapter 10, Jesus asked the Father for the heathen. And an angel went and talked to Cornelius, who was the first Gentile to get saved. First 
heathen get saved. Jeremiah was the next heathen to get saved. <laughs> you were a heathen boy. So was I. 2 Thessalonians 2, 6 through 8. I'm almost done. Can, can you give me five more minutes? Just five? Who'll give me five? 2 Thessalonians 2, 6. Read, Heather. 7 and 8. 6, 7 and 8. And now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let. That word letteth is resist. It should be rendered resist for our time. Until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. So that's what he's saying. The Antichrist cannot be revealed until we are taken out of the way. There's nothing about the Antichrist that's ever going to touch you. Nothing about the beast is ever going to touch you. You're going to touch him or you're going to be in the army with Jesus when he comes back. Amen. That's how we judge angels. And that day, we will judge angels. Amen. This cannot be speaking of the Holy Spirit that's going to be taken out of the way. It cannot be speaking of the Holy Spirit that's going to be taken out of, out of the way. It must be speaking of the church because Jesus said in John 14, 16, And I will pray the Father that he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you until the end times. No. Abide with you how long? Forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwells with you and shall be the promise of what you have shall be in you. When he comes in you, and then he says, verse 18, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. The restraining force then must be the church. What else is restraining the, 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 the devil from just taking over? What's restraining the, 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 the Antichrist from just taking over the earth right now? You, the church, the fact that you're here, you keep that from happening. You remember Lot was taken out of Sodom and Gomorrah. The angel told him, I cannot destroy the place until you go. Why? Lot wasn't all that good a person, really. He was there on somebody else's behalf. He was received. He was taken out of judgment because of Abraham's faith. It's like you're, you're going to miss judgment because of Jesus' faith. There's a man seated at the right hand of Almighty God. This cord is fixed. It's rigged. It has a man on the throne. As long as that man is on the throne, anybody can get it in. It might just happen today. I'm going to tell you, anybody know, know exactly when it's going to happen? All right, I'll tell you. Romans chapter 11 it tells the whole story. Romans 11. Read Heather from 13. For I speak to you Gentiles. Inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles. Who, I is, who is this talking? 
Paul, okay. I magnified mine office. If by any means I may provoke to emulation them which are my flesh and might save some of them. For if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? So he said when the Jews come back, the resurrection is going to take place. Oh, I get it now. Skip down to verse 25. Well, I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of Don't this mystery. Don't be ignorant. This is one of the things that the church is ignorant of. Israel's, Israel's place in the last days. Read. Lest ye should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. That's when, it's, that's when that rapture is going to take place. The day, the moment, the last Gentile gets saved. That'll be the moment when the rapture takes place. That is not a particular day. That's a number. When God's heart gets full of all, He can stand forever. The size of His family meets His requirement of His heart. That's why only the Father knows. Jesus said he didn't even know. He can't tell when his Father's heart's going to be full. When God's heart gets full, the very moment the last person, the last Gentile gets saved, the trumpet will sound for us. It'd be the first of seven, seven trumpets in the book of Revelation. It'd be the last trumpet for you and me. It's the first of a series of seven come afterwards. But you won't even hear those except from heaven. Amen. That's good news. I've come to bring you some good news today. I know exactly when the rapture is going to take place. And God's heart gets full. How God's heart gets full is by people coming to Christ. By folks finding Jesus as Savior and Lord. Here's how that happens. He gave us his gospel to preach. It's simple. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And he was buried. And he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And whoever truly from the heart believes that message is saved. And you will miss all that bad stuff in Revelation. All that stuff with the mark of the beast and all that, you won't have to think about it. Because you go up in the first load. Amen. First train that comes, you go. You catch the first train. Amen. Go to the front, go to the front of, the, of the line, so to speak. If you, with your heads bowed just for a moment, please. Anybody here say, Preacher, I need, I need this gospel. I need to be saved today. I need to know this Jesus you're talking about. I want to be saved. Raise a hand. I want to pray for you. If you're here in this place today and you say, I need Jesus today, just raise a hand. I signify by using your faith to raise a hand and say, that's me. I need, I need, I need God's help. I need to be saved. All right, I don't see any hands. That means we're all saved, I hope. That means you're going up in the first load. Rapture of the church is a real thing. 
I have a whole teaching series on, on this that you can download free of charge by going to theriver.com, theriverdurant.com. Get all my stuff free. It's not because I don't think it's worth anything. It's just because I'm generous. <laughs> this is a joke. <laughs> I love you all very much. Thank you, Miss Heather, for having me today. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.